Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brutally honest sports, sports popcorn. Grab your butter, things are gonna get slippery. Let's get it, baby. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome in the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast, episode number 111 on this March 2nd. Hey man, made it through another February in the in the Northeast. It's it's not so polar as it used to be, though. I'll say that it's not not frigid temperatures most days out here in good old Pennsylvania. <laughs> Pennsylvania, you know, it's funny you say that because there's actually supposed to be a mixture of uh, sleet and snow coming tonight and tomorrow. There's a good potential for that. So way to jinx it ahead of time, Aaron. Way to jinx it, bro. <laughs> Didn't even know that, but, you know, we're not a weather show, but, I mean, even the weathermen are wrong 95% of the time. So, hey, we'll, man, it, you we'll can see. be wrong in that profession more than almost anything else. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, in baseball, you can be wrong a lot. You go one for one for three and you, you just hit, you know, hit for the league lead. So I guess that's the case. They, they probably have a little better odds than the weatherman. Yeah, you're hey, you're right. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a mild winter as, as we get into March and. And good old St. Patty's Day and, and March Madness and everything else that, that comes with the springtime. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, hey, did, in my mind, this is a monumental episode because I like trips. So one, 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 triple digit, triple of the same number episode here. What's your favorite number, bro? Do you have a lucky number? I do. It's uh, number seven. Not not at all related to Michael Vick or anything like that, but Number seven for whatever for whatever it's worth is is my my lucky number. How about what say you? Okay, why is number seven your lucky number? Because they say like lucky number seven, like that's kind of a normal thing. Did you just pick up? Did I you didn't. Ban- I didn't bandwagon? Even know that. No, I didn't know that. I'm I'm the opposite of a bandwagon, my guy. So you're like Ron Rivera, who didn't know they could get eliminated <laughs> from the playoffs last year, bro. Everybody else knows it. <laughs> no, I I just. My dad's lucky number is five. I always, I don't know. I always, I just always like the number seven, and that's just that nothing. Uh, I've never been number seven in any sport. Um, I guess really my, my lucky number is eleven because that was always my number in baseball. But um, yeah, seven. I just I like the number seven. I don't know. All right, all right. That's cool. That's <laughs> cool. You could be a bandwagon number fan. <laughs> um, honestly, bro, I've always thought that lucky numbers were kind of dumb. So. I'm in mockery of the fact that number 13 is considered an unlucky number. I just, you know, made that my favorite number. 
Um, and then 21 was my favorite number as a late teen because that meant I could legally go to the bars. So <laughs> 21, 13, whatever, whatever you want to make out of it. You know, those are those are my, my shoe numbers. Um, so got out the 21 Savage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 20, oh my gosh. <laughs> that guy's a goober. That guy's a goober. But dude, speaking of another goober, uh, you sent me this article or, or this quote from Titans GM manager uh Ran Carthon on the status of Ryan Tannehill. Do you want to read this or should I, man? That, <laughs> that I, I think you should do the honors, uh, just because I, I closed it out on my end because I it was just like it's blasphemy, but we do need to talk about it. So <laughs> blasphemy. I, I do need I do need to have you reiterate it to to our listeners because obviously they they probably haven't seen this yet but they should you know yeah I mean Ryan Tannehill who many have talked about maybe he's not the answer for the Titans uh, Aaron has made that pretty clear in a couple of our older episodes that he doesn't think he's the answer that he thinks he's garbage maybe the Titans <laughs> a bit agree with him a bit quoting like I said GM ran Carthon. You guys just have to accept the fact that Ryan is under contract for us right now. He's a Titan. He will be a Titan. He will be a Titan. That's like the ultimate. It (laughs) is what it is. Suck it up, buttercup. Like do it, you know, just deal with it. Like, what do you you think? That's just basically that's telling the the fan base to kiss your ass. Like that, that is like, Hey, suck it up guys. We are, we're the Titans. Ryan Tannehill is our quarterback. And, and that is what it is. Like, and that's just I don't know. He's he's a new GM too. So for him to come out here with the brass balls that he does, it's like, man, I don't know. That's not that's not how you win over a fan base very quickly. And a fan base that I think is a little bit um a little bit upset just because, you know, you take it a few years back, they were in the AFC uh divisional round against the Chiefs a couple of games away from winning that game and and who knows what would have happened. So I mean it's been a fall from grace for the Titans and I mean, they're hanging on to, to Derrick Henry for dear life, but other than that, what do they really have? They don't. Their defense isn't very good. Tannehill, I, I think, a couple of years ago was played and you know played well enough to put them in position, but he's never going to be the guy that goes to the Super Bowl because of just because of Ryan Tannehill. So sucks, sucks to be a Titans fan, I guess. Um, I don't really understand why a GM would make such a bold quote, but um, maybe he knows something I don't, but. It just doesn't make sense to me. I think part of it's to appease the fans who are, you know, complaining about it. And in a way, it's kind of like he's saying, hey, I can't do anything about this. So it is what it is. We've got to kind of push forward. I mean, the standards are pretty low, though, as a GM for the Titans. Um, all honesty, like he's coming into that position on the heels of the guy who traded A.J. Brown. So, it, it you know, there there really isn't much he has to do to upgrade um from from that last bad decision. So <laughs> uh, we'll see if it we'll see how it works. I mean, I personally like Tannehill. I, I like the fact that, you know, he resurrected his career after Miami and was able to do something with it. But, you know, I don't think he has that skill level either to to take the team to the promised land. So, yeah, in a way, unfortunately, it's going to be a rebuilding year, I think, for the Titans coming up here. Just like out in in Denver, where Russ is the quarterback, and you just have to deal with it. Got the same thing going on with Tannehill. Though to be fair, Russ has a higher ceiling because he does have a Super Bowl, and now we got Sean Payton out there, which we've talked about. So there's some crazy things going on. You know, we're getting ready for the NFL draft. We got the combine going on. Though before I talk about that, I did just want to mention. You know, I did shout out Ron Rivera in the wrong way earlier, but Carson Wentz. Our beloved 
quarterback Carson Wentz was just released by the Redskins. I'm sorry, by the Commanders. Oh, um, and dude, I do that so often. We're canceled now. It. We are officially. Yeah, I'm just Washington football team. <laughs> the Washington football team has released quarterback Carson Wentz. What do you think, bro? Um, uh, I think this is how it went. Uh, Ron Rivera sat him down. He said, "I command your ginger ass to be out of my locker room." No, this, uh, this is how it went. <laughs> this is how it went. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Carson went in pain, uh, like he always does. But no, I mean, it, oh, it's, <laughs> uh, I hate dunking on that guy just because. I mean, it's been such a fall from grace that that MVP, you know, quote unquote MVP season that that he had. Back in seventeen, I mean, ever since then he hasn't been he hasn't been quite the same. I mean, Not even you know, close. he's had yeah, he's he's had his. I mean, statistically, if you look at it, he, it doesn't look bad. But you watch him play, he's he's so erratic to watch. He's kind of like I compare him to to Big Ben in the fact that he never throws the ball out of bounds. Like Big Ben would hold onto that thing and, and get hit by four people at one time before he's going to release that ball. But Wentz definitely. It's just like I said, it's a fall from grace. I don't know where. I mean, we we can speculate where he goes from here, but man, to be released by Washington, you got to think that's kind of like that's the bottom of the barrel there for for Carson Wentz. You just opened yourself up to major criticism and argument from Jim over at Fan in the Van comparing <laughs> Carson Wentz to two time Super Bowl winner Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger. So Jim. Bring the gloves. Aaron's ready to throw down. No, or maybe no. he's not. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't mean to do that. Like just the way his style in which he plays. Because oh, I mean, no I'm, hey, I'm the biggest big. I'm the there's biggest no big back. Ben supporter. I, I love Big Ben, man. I I take Big Ben in a heartbeat over McNabb. But that that's me. But hey, uh, the Jets. The rate. Like where where is he going? Does he have a spot in this league? Is he a backup? Does he just say like forget all this and I'm done and let me raise my kid and collect my 150 million i did basically nothing to get i don't don't know i mean the xfl is always an option too i think this this team or not this team well i mean this team too but the this league is so quarterback hungry right now i think he finds a place in the league i I figure he'll find at least one more spot that's willing to give him a shot uh (laughs) definitely a backup if not as a starter there were talks and rumblings about maybe he'd go down to carolina to be reignited with reignited well he, he could use reignited too but reunited with frank reich and apparently reich wasn't too happy with him in in indy so i, I doubt that that's mm. going to happen but you, you just never know you just never know uh, and then this also brings up the you know the question of Derek carr remains unsigned i know he's visited with the jets again aaron Rodgers remains aaron Rodgers, and we'll know Oh man, I, I hate talking about him, but you have a Rogers quote here. Go ahead, go for it. <laughs> he said, uh, I mean, he said a lot. He says a lot to actually say nothing, bro. Exactly. Like he- exactly. You took the words out of my mouth. Man. Like, <laughs> he'll he'll go on for three, four minute ramblings on on McAfee, and by the end of it, you're like, you know, did he really say anything at all? No, he really didn't. So this time he. One of the things that, you know, we can point to that he said is I don't want to drag anybody around. It's like, dude, that's exactly like you be self-aware or like don't speak at all. In my opinion on this on this thing, like I don't want to drag anybody around. That's exactly what you're doing. You go into hibernation mode. Um, you come out of it. You still don't know what you're doing from what everything points to. He's not going to retire, uh, but I wouldn't like rule it out completely either. No answers, obviously. Um, and it's just, it's Aaron, like you said, Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, it's, he can say 
all he wants, but he he doesn't say anything at all. I think I'm going to start calling him Captain Ambiguity. You know, that'll be his title. The Aaron Rodgers fan club led by Captain Ambiguity, Aaron Rodgers. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll continue when there's actually breaking news. We'll, we'll let you know what it is, but it won't be coming from uh, Ian Rappaport or Tom Pelissero because those guys are not on his inner circle. Those on his inner circle, the inside, they know it. They know what's going on in his life. And if you know you're not in that inner inner circle, then you don't know what you're talking about. With all due respect to those other guys, I mean, dude, those are it's not verbatim. That's essentially what he said. So, what a hippie, bro. What a hippie. I'm just I'm just gonna say it. like I'm gonna go spend time in the dark. The answers are inside of me. I'm gonna go to what? ayahuasca in another country because it's illegal here, but I'm so rich. I could do it wherever I want because I'm Aaron Rodgers, Captain ambiguity. But he, anyway, he is like, if he's not the most punchable person in sports, he's, he's top three. Like <laughs> no, yeah, here's, here's the quote that here's the quote that really put me over the top. He said, but I don't know why he started the sentence with, but, but, but I'm not looking for someone to tell me what the answer is. All the answers are right inside of me. And I've touched many of them. And definitely the feeling sounds both so sides during the wrong. darkness. It sounds so wrong. The answer is inside it, of me. <laughs> he acts like he he's like trying to get custody of his children. Like, the, oh. dude, I, I know it's serious, but like all the answers are right inside. Like, okay, if they're right inside of me, let's let's put them out in the open. Like, why you got now? You're gonna you're gonna hold them back just like like Brett Favre did, and and you got Rachel Nichols camping out outside of her. Uh, you know, outside of his house back in the day on ESPN. And they're like, did we hear anything today? Did Brett Favre come outside today? Did he walk his dog today? It's turning into that. So it's it's just he's a nozzle to the fullest extent now, man. I, I really used to like this guy, but I think he makes it impossible, nearly nearly impossible to to be like, yeah, he's a great outstanding dude, man. He's he's all he's egotistical as, as they come. Yeah, for sure. We'll move on, thankfully, uh, to another topic here, <laughs> though. Shout out to the ladies. Y'all have you're one step closer to climbing the pinnacle. Um, Mary Kay Cabot um, had reported on Twitter that Brown's assistant GM Catherine Reich is one step away from running an NFL team herself. So, hey, ladies, shout out. I know a lot of you like the NFL. You're now you got an assistant GM here. So, hey, man, spring cleaning. It wouldn't be a bad idea to do spring cleaning up there in Cleveland. Get rid of, get rid of a lot of the garbage they got going on up there, man. So, Hey, I'm all for it. Promoter to GM. See what she can do, man. See what she can do. So lots of love, lots of love, but I mean, damn, Cleveland's awful. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to preface since you, since you did it, you know, had some fun with that. I am going to have a little fun and, and everybody needs to take this as a joke. I know we live in the softest generation probably of all time, but, um, can we just enjoy can men just enjoy something without women? No, I'm just <laughs> No. No, that's all that's all in <laughs> that's all in fun. Uh I swear that's all that I yeah, mean congrats. You can, you can enjoy being a bachelor and beating <laughs> off without women. <laughs> no, congrats to her. I mean if, if she, you know if in fact she she secures the job, I mean good for her. I mean we have an NF, we have a woman ref which, you know, there, I I don't like any of the refs, so that doesn't really matter to me. But yeah, uh, right. <laughs> they're all criminals in my book. But that's great. Hopefully, she can do you know a better job than what they've. I mean, say you want about Cleveland, they've gotten better. I mean, it you're comparing basically 
somewhat good to a dumpster fire. So um, there's steps to be taken, but, you know, hopefully she can uh, right the wrongs there and, and do some cre spring cleaning, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Just the fact that her quarterback is Deshaun Watson is just <laughs> it's just awful, dude. It's just awful. And, uh, you know, I have a question for you here. So much has been talked about. And these guys, these owners are billionaires. These players are millionaires. They get away with murder. They're able to go through all these different uh, allegations. They're able to do all these evil things or, you know, and yet they're still able to play. And a lot of the time it seems like without much consequence, oh, you missed, you know, six games and your salary. Okay. Well, you miss, you miss making eight, eight mil or 12 mil and you still get to keep going, you know, like it's, it's ridiculous. So in your mind, what is something what's acceptable to continue playing and what is unacceptable? What should be something to boot you out of the league? Cause I know you're innocent until proven guilty, but it gets to a point like such as video evidence, clear video evidence. When you look like Alvin Kamara, like absolutely destroying that guy at that nightclub, you know, Ray Rice a couple years back where he punched his ex and ex-girlfriend in an elevator, stuff like that. When it's so obviously clear in my mind, Something got to happen, you know, so what is what is too much enough is enough. What is too much? What is acceptable, you know, where you get a slap on the wrist and or, you know, what is enough that you shouldn't be able to play in the NFL again? If you're if you're talking about from my perspective, it, yeah, I think it's a, a little different than how the NFL sees it. See, yeah, this is your perspective. I, I, the NFL is garbage with the way they handle stuff like this. So that's why I'm asking you if you were Roger Goodell and had to run the show, what would be acceptable and what would not be? See, it's tough. I mean, you're walking a fine line, obviously. Like, Alvin Kamara is one of those – those, and, and it shouldn't have to do with this, but it, at the end of the day, it's a it's a business. Like, if Alvin Kamara was a third-string running back, he would be immediately cut and probably never pick back up. But Alvin Kamara is a great player in this league, you know, one of the best running backs in this league. So it's like – I for me, I mean, obviously, you look at, like, the Henry Rugg situation. That's a situation in which he'll he'll never come back in the NFL again. Like that's that's an outlier though. There hasn't been much of that. Like you've seen even uh I don't know if you remember this name, Adam Pacman Jones. Oh yeah. I mean he, he was arrested every other day, it seemed like. So um and he was allowed to play. I mean you had Josh Gordon. Most of that type of stuff was marijuana, which I, I don't think that's a reason you should be kicked out in, in all honesty. I think they they made the right decision by letting the players uh, use marijuana for, for you know, for body aches and everything else. These guys are, I'm not going to say they're warriors, but they are. You know, it is a gladiator type sport in the fact that they're they're punishing each other. So that type of thing, I would let fly. Um, I think these guys should like it, it, like the Alvin Kamara situation, something like that. I think you should be suspended without pay because I mean, even if these guys have half a brain they can go get sponsorships and things like that and immediately make that money back so i don't i don't at all feel bad for them um they're very fortunate so i have to so i have to jump in there i think sponsorships drop players quicker than the league themselves i gotta argue with you there man like sometimes not all not all though like there's a lot that'll hang on like i know when tiger woods was going through all that stuff with with the whole you know his ex-wife you know crashing the car and everything else I know a lot of sponsors have dropped him, but he was still I don't I'm pretty sure Nike still still rode with him the whole way. I could be wrong on that, but for these guys, like even if let's say the sponsorship drops him, like Ray Rice, right? He could have started just by his fun his money that he's made as long as he hasn't blown through it. 
he could start a pizza chain in Baltimore and it would probably pop off immediately. These guys have so many opportunities to make money outside of football. That's my argument is like, I don't feel bad for them. So if you're Alvin Kamara, um, you know, I don't feel bad for anybody who does some shady, stupid, you know, absolutely down in my mind. Some of this is downright evil shit. I don't feel bad for oh, you yeah. to face consequences whatsoever. Even if no, you're pissed broke either. afterwards, you, you should have to pay for your crime. Just like any normal citizen. Yeah, they shouldn't. They, that's what I mean. The NFL looks at it like if Tom Brady, like Tom Brady goes out and beats his wife, let's just say. They would. They suspend. You love him. to throw. You love to throw shit at Tom Brady. He's uh, never. No, done I'm anything. just saying. Like, <laughs> all right, let's say Mahomes. Mahomes is like the face of the NFL now. Yeah, so, yeah. There you go. So Mahomes get caught, gets caught beating up his wife. He's drunk. Uh, he assaults somebody else. Like it's a whole situation. I don't think he's getting. He. I know for a fact he's not getting kicked out of the league. Like, they'd they'd be they'd be you know freaking out. They'd be having panic attacks that. Oh my God, we can't lose our face of the friend. You know, maybe we suspend him. He'd probably get suspended like half a year. Uh, because he's Mahomes, like it's it's that special treatment. Like if you went to go work at at a law for, firm or something like a very professional environment, and you acted like these guys, you would be kicked to the curb immediately. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's always going to be that special treatment. From my perspective, I would suspend these guys like two, three, four years without pay either. I don't know if I'd suspend them forever for like a, a altercation where I'm people fighting. I don't know if I want to suspend somebody for life. But like if you kill somebody, yeah, like if you for sure, you're never stepping foot like you're completely done, like forever. Yeah, I think for me, sexual now again, you're innocent until proven guilty, but sexual assault, you know, rape proven, you're out of the league permanently. Um, you know, DUI that results in someone's death, boom, out of the league permanently. The physical altercation, it, it depends on the circumstance. In a case of Gallon, Alvin Kamara, where it was like four versus one, boom, out of the league permanently. I mean, they they hit Rice out of the league. And I mean, they originally they didn't want to kick Ray Rice out of the league. They actually let him come back. And the outcry was so huge that they eventually, you know, got him out of the league. They realized that they goofed up. But I think these guys should have to face normal types or um, consequences for for things. But money runs this world. And yeah, it's a business and you, they make a ton of money. You know, like Deshaun Watson, he should not be in the league, period, ever again, flat out. There's that many allegations against him. In my mind, that's sickening that they're still allowing him to play. And frankly, Cleveland, you can suck it if he sucks. And I hope he does stink it up and you're stuck with his fully guaranteed guaranteed contract. And hopefully he does something stupid enough to end up losing some of that. I'll be honest. I want to see him fail in every single you know facet of life flat out you know that's just where i that's just where i see it send him to jail for 10 years and and people are gonna hate me for it. people are gonna crucify me and you're innocent till proven guilty why do you have to have all these settlements it's not like it's one or two people it's like what 14 16 women you know even if people hate you for it this is a brutally honest sports podcast so those people can those people can suck it too i shouldn't say that but those people (laughs) those those people can shove it because at the end of the day it's the brutally honest sports podcast and damn it, JD is being brutally honest. So, hey, once hey, in a man, while, bro, once in a while, I I just go off. That that might be the best quote I've heard in a long time. I hope he fails in every facet of life. That's like, that's up a notch. That's not like, I I definitely understand it. I it sucks for me. Like I've always been a Deshaun Watson football fan. Likewise, he's a, he's a garbage human being. Don Lagreca would say on on uh, Michael K show, he's a human piece of actual garbage or something like that <laughs> so he he is a human piece of garbage uh it's hard like i'm i'm torn i don't want to root for him i don't i just it's it sucks that 
it's I shouldn't I shouldn't even want to root for him because of what he did. So it's like I have to separate the two. I have to say, you know what? Can't root for this guy anymore. I could root for him in the past, but now, you know, I shouldn't at all anymore. So I, I yeah. totally get it, man. Yeah, and thus I can't really root for the the Cleveland Browns either. So sorry to our fellows over, you know, our homies <laughs> over at We Like Sports Podcast. I know y'all are big Cleveland boys, but I and you know we can go back and forth we'd love to have you on the show even we can discuss it that would be uh, fun listen to your your take on it um but yeah screw Deshaun watson and until the cleveland dumps him i'm sorry i can't vote for y'all unless he gets hurt and i mean bring back Brissett or something as long as Deshaun is under center i can't vote for the browns that's just how it's gonna be uh, Dude, especially with tom brady out of the league now i think Deshaun watson's probably my least favorite person in the league i'll i'll ask you one thing on that man like see him getting rewarded with that that massive payday too. Like Disgusting. I think the I think the NFL should have see this might be a like ridiculous take, but I think the NFL should have been like, all right, man, you wanna you wanna come play again? It's a privilege to play in this league. Like he should have had to play for like league minimum. That would have really taught him, all right, man, yeah, I messed up. Like he almost got rewarded for doing what he did because he got out of Houston, which is probably more of a dumpster dumpster fire than than Cleveland, and then he gets the most guaranteed money ever just because he's a talented quarterback. Like, that's that's where I do have a serious problem. It's like, wow, you know, yeah. it's purely based on how you, you are as a football player. You could be the worst human being on, on planet Earth, and it doesn't matter, you know? I like that. I like that. I think that uh, that's a really great idea. If you let him back in the league, you got to play. You got to work your way up. Just like, you know, as if you were an undrafted free agent or even as if you were like a first-rounder where you, where you start at a slow amount and then you work your way up. You know, I agree. I like that take 100%. So, we're going to go from garbage in the league to a guy who has yet to make the league, but making big news for all the wrong reasons. Potential first round pick Jalen Carter, defensive tackle out of Georgia, was arrested. Now, he was just released for a $4,000 bond, but he was booked on reckless driving and racing charges. Do you remember just uh, not too long ago how the Georgia player wrecked the vehicle and ended up dying? Now, he was drunk, uh, very high blood alcohol content um for the guy who unfortunately wrecked that vehicle but do you remember that situation yeah yeah unfortunately i do obviously that that's just man i don't know the the the, these guys are they're very successful they i think that they feel they are invincible um and yeah i mean these are kids at the end of the day man like they are you know 20 21 22 in that you know ballpark and just doing stupid things as kids. I get that. I'm not trying to make a, uh, make light of it. I'm not trying to downplay it at all, but you gotta be smarter than that. Like, I know, I know you have a ride. You, you, I know you can get in a, a car with someone else and not do this type of thing. Y- your future is so bright. If you want to well, go was, racing, man, he was like, racing with the guy who ended up wrecking the car and passing away. So, I mean, it's not directly his fault, but, I mean, he was engaged in the reckless driving and the racing. I mean, they said that they were going into, like, the other lane of ongoing traffic even. Like, that's how bad that they were that they were driving. So, you know, does this affect his draft stock? You know, going back to, you know, just the whole what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. I mean, the guy has character issues. That was a worry of some people going into the draft. He wasn't a guaranteed number one pick, but does this take his draft stock all the way back to the second round? You know, does he drop further down? Is he still a first round pick? What do you think? Where do you think that he would go? I don't think something like that. Yes, it's young and it's dumb and it wasn't directly his fault. So I don't think he should be eliminated from entering the league. But I think it's definitely going to raise major concerns about his maturity and his character that weren't already there. 
um, and just elevate those to a higher level. What do you think? Does he drop out of that first round? He might. I, I think if I'm a GM, I'm I'm definitely hesitant to pull the trigger on a guy that already has character issues now put himself. I mean, regardless of it's his fault or not, it's a, it's a stain on his resume. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you want these guys to be about as perfect as, you know, you want, you want a Mac Jones, you want a guy that's like, you know, doesn't seem to be in any type of trouble. A Jalen hurts like a guy that just doesn't. Did you just, did you just say something good about Mac Jones? Uh, well, as a, as a, well, you know what? He is a dirty He's backtracking player. fellas. He's backtracking. He's, Ladies I'm doing and gentlemen. that a lot today, but <laughs> I think coming out of college, he was almost as, as crystal clear as, as it comes. So if I, Hey, if I'm a GM, I'm not going to pick him up for this. I mean, who knows in a year or two, like a lot of these guys don't learn. So I'm not going to say, you know, all of them are the same or anything like that, but I'd be hesitant, man. You're spending a first round pick. You're expecting this guy to be a face of your franchise for quite some time. I wouldn't be surprised if he drops out of the first round, but I know he's an extreme talent, so maybe not. But it's, it's like I said, it's a stand on the resume. It's a red flag to me. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. Let's move on to something a little bit more positive here, though. Um, hopping to baseball, spring training. Well, I guess the first thing you're going to say isn't the most positive, but it's not nearly on the level of the stuff we were talking about. Uh, pitcher Zach Wheeler, Philadelphia Phillies. What did he have to say about this this pitch counter, man? Uh, so he they had him on the you know the just interviewing him there in the dugout, and they they're they're running questions by him, and they're like, well, you know, how do you feel about this whole pitch clock? And he's like, uh, he's like, honestly, I hate it. Pretty good soundbite, obviously. Um, he's one of the very few people that has been outspokenly against it, which is, is interesting for sure. Uh, I do like it, though. I, I, I like the honesty. I, I think a lot of these guys are, you know, told to say this or told to say that or or just, you know, go with the narrative. He was like, no, I, I think it hurts the game. Like, I, I just I'm not in support of it. So I, I can appreciate that. I understand it completely. I sent JD a clip of, of Bryce Harper in the in the World Series last year and he the the music's playing, he's he's walking up to the batter's box, it's the you know, the anticipation's building. That's not gonna happen this like ever we might say ever again. The way that and Brent touched on it really well from fourteen twenty. He said it takes away from the moment, which I do agree with that. If it's if it's like, all right, you gotta be in the box, here's here's the time, that it X, Y, and Z, bang, bang, bang. Then you know three pitches are in there. It's like I, I get that. So I'm I've been on the fence about this. I, I go back and forth. I like the speed of which it's being like the games are being taken place a lot quicker. But I don't know. You know, baseball is a relaxed game, and there's a lot of like drama filled moments. I think there's got to be a happy medium somewhere in here. Yeah, I mean, you're on the fence about it, but Bryce Harper was not. He was way over that wall when he bombed that one. It took about two and a half minutes for him to come to the plate, but then he first pitched. Thankfully, it was the first pitch, or it might have been another three minutes before you know, he got out or got a hit, but yeah, he, he jacked that out of the park first pitch. So 
I think that they should change the rules a bit for the postseason because by then, you know, honestly, people actually care more. So these every game matters. It's not just one out of 162 game season. Um, and I know that's going to be kind of difficult, but like the NFL has different rules in the the postseason. I think that baseball should adapt something similar where, where you're a little bit more relaxed with that because, hey, let the guys just, you know, put on a show, let the guys just be themselves, you know, let them that tension build up and. Yeah, that thing with Bryce Harper was pretty cool. I won't lie. If he hadn't jacked a home run, it would have just been annoying to me. But the fact that he ended it with a home run, I thought it was really cool. You know, everything from start to finish was just well done. But if the fans love it, the fans love it. So, you know, it is a sport that, you know, like we said, it's a business as well. And if that's what's going to sell, you got to make the postseason more flashy and more fun. So I think that they should they should change it up for the for the playoffs and we'll see how many complaints come in as the year goes on. And then as the playoffs continue, we just never know something I thought was absolutely hilarious here. And this took place with your Orioles preseason. My apologies. I'm going to get crucified for saying preseason (laughs) again, being a football guy, but uh, I'll get it. I'll get it. Just like the the players got to get the new rules and not have called strikes. You just got to let me have this called strike quick. Don't, don't throw me out right away. I'm not ejected. That's strike. Strike one though. Strike one. Strike one. All right. Uh, Not the preseason spring training uh, with your Orioles, Orioles and pirates. Um, It's not too unusual for the umps just to call the games. Apparently Um, if there's really nothing, nothing going on, but, (laughs) <laughs> the Elms left the field after Baltimore's Josh Lester grounded out to end the top of the ninth with the Orioles train, uh, trailing seven to four, which officially ended the contest. But the teams went ahead and played the bottom of the ninth inning anyway. Um, after the Pirates manager and the, the Baltimore skipper had a quick discussion, the, the O's wanted to get some work on the mound for right hander of Frady Gomez. The O's can use all the help they can get, that's for sure. Oh, um. And <laughs> they just had wow. the catcher call the calls and uh, call the balls and strikes. And I, I think that's funny. I think that's cool. Just these guys going out there having fun without that stress. And just like on the old playground, you know, catcher calls <laughs> the balls and the strikes. Um, what do you think? Do you, do you love that too? Yeah, I think maybe MLB needs to put this in the in the uh, the rule changes. Just get rid of the umps completely. How about that? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, that would wouldn't that be something though? Like, you just no, have balls and strikes called by the fans, you know, like when you're at a like a rap battle or something. They're like, hey, what do you think about uh, Jeremy Johnson? Like, Woo! and who won over here? Big Poppy Gabadoo. And like, you know, they go crazy. And it's like, Big Poppy Gabadoo got it. You know, I threw in the Big I, Poppy just for David Ortiz. But I, yeah. I don't I don't <laughs> quite know where we're going with that. Uh, I, I like it, but I'm trying fans to follow you. the balls and strikes by how loud they get, man. That's what I'm sorry. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to follow you there. Uh, you're leading me into the darkness, but yeah, I, I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> it. Only, only in the Orioles and Pirates game would that happen too. I mean, you talk about two shit stain organizations at the at the current. Whoa, state. whoa, 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 whoa! Shit stain. <laughs> Come on, there, buddy. Come on, that's your team. That's I, that team. is my team, but we're run by an absolute clown show. So it's. Uh, it's funny. It's I I did get to see I I went back and watched that bottom of the ninth and it was pretty cool. It's such a spring training thing to do. Like it's such a this would only happen in in obviously in the February March baseball, but gotta love it. Not something obviously you see coming. Uh, a game to be. I wish they would have done it a couple more. I wish it would have went into extras, but they don't even do extras in in spring training anymore. So yeah, I'm I'm glad they finished out the game. That's that's the right way to do it and. And yeah, the umpires, I guess, wanted to have a 
have a brewski before the, the game was even over. So um, more power to him, I guess. <laughs> I have a brewski before it's over. That's pretty funny. Oh, I won't lie there. It's pretty funny. We also got some NFL proposed rule changes here. We got one that would benefit the Eagles and the one that the Eagles brought up, which apparently the Eagles brought this up two years ago as well, and it was shut down. But the XFL does a 4th and 15 and 7 onside kick. They can go for a 4th and 15. The offense comes out for one play, and apparently it's had some exciting results in the NFL. And the Eagles proposed doing something very similar to that, actually almost identical. They proposed this change in 2021, but now they're bringing it back where they'd like to do – the same thing from their own 15 yard line. They have a fourth and 15. I'm sorry, from their own 25 yard line. They have a fourth and 15 as an attempt to, to get the ball back. I mean, back when they changed the onside roll kick years back and just made it almost impossible. I mean, three of 56 this last season with the onside kick. I haven't personally watched the XFL, but you know, I, I like the onside kicks. I think they're awesome, but with the chances being so low, I could definitely see where it add more excitement to the game, having that offense come out in fourth and 15. The thing is, though, the one the, the downside to that in a lot of ways is say, you know, the opposing offense goes on a long drive, tires out the defense, scores a touchdown. Then you throw your have to throw the defense right back out there for a fourth and 15, you know, while the other team has the momentum. I could see where it would cause some major issues. What do you think? Do you like this change I, idea? I do. Yeah, I think the onside kick is a joke to me. It's like, you have to have everything go your way. You have to almost have to have the other team bobble the ball. Like it's the chances, like like you said, three of fifty six. That's just that's very abysmal chances. So I, I I'm all for it. I think they should change that in some form or fashion. I mean, I totally get what you're saying, but fourth and fifteen is like that's no that's no walk in the park even on a on a winded defense. Like that's you know fifteen yards on one play. I mean you gotta. You got to execute, obviously. So uh, I'd like to see it. I I think the XFL, well, the rules that are happening in the XFL, you could see change the NFL. I think that's kind of like a a practice ground for that. So I have no problem with it. I'd, I'd like to see it personally. I think that teams like the Bengals would have a serious uh, leg up. Basically, bro, all he has to do is just loft it up to Jamar Chase. Same thing in, in Minnesota, that if they're ever down, just throw the ball up to Justin Jefferson, which gives them a, an unfair advantage in that situation. Well, I can't even say an unfair advantage. It gives them quite the advantage. Hey, they drafted the players. The players are monsters. That you know, It is what it is. The Lions would probably always convert back in the day with Megatron. They triple cover him and he'd still go up and get the ball. So it is an interesting rule change. We'll see. We'll see if it happens. Uh, it's interesting that the Eagles brought it up two years ago and then this year. So, but on the opposite side of the coin, the QB sneak, the QB push play, which the Eagles absolutely killed this year. They were 90% on QB sneaks for conversions. They had six of them in the Super Bowl. That's being revisited. It's been legal since 2005, but nobody has used it more than the 2022 Eagles. That's being revisited as something that can possibly be eliminated. Not just that, but when you get in that formation, then the options that open up to do different things, like you saw in the the Jaguars-Chargers game where they lined up, looked like Lawrence was going to go for it on the QB sneak, the push play, and he just handed the ball off on a sweep to Travis, uh, Travis Etienne. And ran for a 20-some yards, just ended up setting up that that field goal to win the game. I don't like the idea of taking it out, personally. I see why some people would say, oh, it's a guarantee, it's a gimmick. 
if your defense stops them first and second down, if your defense can keep them from fourth and one, fourth and two, then it wouldn't be an issue. I like the game. I, I like it in general, even if it wasn't the Eagles. Any team that uses it, I think it's fair. It extends drives. I think it, it makes it more difficult. It's definitely difficult to stop, but it has has that excitement when it is stopped. Like, oh my goodness, like we stopped him. Like, that's insane. I don't like drives that typically end on turnover on downs uh, due to, uh, you know, inches and stuff like that. Um, not really my, you know, favorite way for a possession to end. So I don't know, man. I, I think they should just keep it. Stop trying to change it. It's not like, you know, every team is using it 20 times a game. And it's just ridiculous. Maybe I'm biased because I'm an Eagles fan. And I like <laughs> to see, obviously, the Eagles do things that work. But what do you think? Is that something that they should take out? Nah, I maybe it's my bias coming in as well. But I, I mean, if you just find a way to stop it, man, like I, that's my thing. Like, okay, it's it's very there is hard no to way. stop. There's no way to stop. Uh, it, well, though. they were ninety percent. That ten percent of the time they did stop it. So fix, you know, change those numbers around. Maybe sixty forty. I don't know. I'm sure Belichick could scheme up a way to to stop it. If you know one of these defensive masterminds, there, I think it was too successful to where they were like, yeah, you know what, let's just get rid of it. What, like you said, don't let them get in four, third and one, fourth and one, fourth and two, third and two. You know what I mean? Like, if you stop them or if you don't allow them to get yards on first and second down, then you have a lot better odds of them not running that play at all. So, I just like the fact that a lot of things become four down territory. I like that. It, it does add more excitement to the game. You know, it's, it's third and six, third and seven. You can run a rush, a running play to try to get four or five of those yards. It just opens up the playbook a lot more, knowing that you'll probably go for it on a fourth down. I just, I like that aspect of the game. I'm not a huge fan of turnover and downs due to a couple inches, but, you know, I like the, the fourth down drama. Well, JD needs a spot on the, uh, on the NFL rules committee or something. Cause he's, he's making his opinions strongly felt either that or part of the Aaron Rodgers fan club, captain ambiguity. Maybe I can be his sidekick because it's all about, it's all about drama. Then, then, then sign me up apparently goodness gracious, but <laughs> Oh man. Oh man. I don't know, dude. Like they just need to, in some ways it's just like, let the guys play. I understand that rules changes, you know, need to be made and they need to keep things fresh and want to keep the game fair. But I don't know. Let him play. Let him play ball. Let him hit the quarterbacks again. In my opinion, like it's just let him lead with the head. Let you know everything. Well, I mean, the one. Th- well, the one thing I do like is that they're not calling those unnecessary roughness penalties. Like a couple years back, they just called it an absurd amount. You know, now they don't really call a whole lot of those on actual tackling unless it's the quarterback. So, you know, I'm cool with that. But it's just, ugh, just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Let him play. Let them play. Let them push the quarterback. Let them let them throw the ball for you know third and eighteen, and then give them a fourth and fifteen onside kick type thing. Like, all right, whatever. You know, let them play. I don't know, man. This, I'm done. I'm checking out. Forget it. <laughs> hey, man. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. I got many opinions, and I don't have many assholes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. But, uh, anyways, we'll, we we'll go somewhere else with. <laughs> we'll go somewhere else with that i guess yeah um we uh, yeah anyway pg-13 gonna keep it there um <laughs> we'll stick with the eagles talk i guess uh eagles you know they lost both their coordinators offensive and defensive coordinator after their super bowl loss to head coaching positions they uh signed offensive coordinator brian johnson from within the 
the franchise, which was not a surprise whatsoever. And then defensive coach Sean Desai, who was out there in, in Seattle, don't really know much about him, but I'm curious to see if the Eagles defense will be better this year. I know that they're probably not going to be able to retain all the great players that they had. Will Jonathan Gannon be less hated by Eagles fans if Desai comes in and their defense just isn't what we think it should be? Who do you think? I think a lot has to do with the personnel again. Here we go back to to the personnel, and I, I harped on this a lot during the season, why I think the Eagles were very good. I think Jonathan Gannon is, if I'm grading him on a letter grade, he's like a C, uh, C, C, C minus, something like that as a coach. That's my it's my really honest take. I don't think he's special. I don't think he's the worst, but I don't think he's good. This guy, it remains to be seen. I mean, there there has been some some good I've heard that you know their their defensive backs played very well under him. I don't know. He's not like a proven name in this league. That that's what I don't really love about this hire. We'll see. I I I'm on the fence once again. I'm going to say I'm on the fence about this one, but. I would. I wish we could have got Rex Ryan. I would, that would forever be my pick, uh, number one pick for for the the defensive coordinator. It didn't happen, but I did want to uh, bring this up during an inter or not an interview during a presser at the at the NFL Combine. Uh, Jonathan Gannon said the Chiefs made a lot of good plays and we were unable to get stops when we needed to. Almost immediately, uh, CJ CJ Gardner Johnson clapped back and said you ain't put us in position to make plays with like the emoji of like WTF man, like with your <laughs> hands up. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, then the tweet later got deleted. I wish he wouldn't have deleted it, but I love that CJ Gardner Johnson called him out for that. Just hilarious. Like it's, it's if, if he indeed didn't put him in, in position to make plays, then I, I put that on Gannon. I, I almost want to be like, Hey, TJ Edwards, whoever like calls the plays, you know, like who really, puts people in position out there. I would have been like, listen, guys, we're not listening to Gannon right now. This is Super Bowl. <laughs> let's let's do what we know is going to work here. But anyways, just a funny little tidbit there. They're still bringing up the Super Bowl to Gannon. They're not letting him live it down. So that's that's great to see. Yeah, Eagle Sands will never let him live it down flat out. Absolutely never. Forever he will live in Eagles infamy as the coach that couldn't make a halftime adjustment. But that that brings me to my next question, which I think the answer is the guy you just mentioned, but one player that the Eagles absolutely cannot let walk this, this off season. They have a lot of free agents, you know, miles, miles, AKA Booby Sanders. I, I'd love to talk to him and find out where he got that nickname. Uh, miles <laughs> Sanders is, is a free agent. You know, we think that he's probably not coming back. We got Isaac Salamalu, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Jason Kelsey, you know, is he coming back? Uh, James Bradbury wants the bag and more. One guy in my mind that we absolutely need to re-sign, and, and if yours is the same player, then I'll tell you a second guy, but C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he just he has that fire. He tied for the league, league in interceptions, and he missed like five games last year. He can play all over the field. He's a hard hitter. He seems to be a leader of the defense. In my mind, you got to re-sign Gardner Johnson, whatever you got to do, even if you got to throw a franchise tag on him, just you got to get that guy back on the Eagles for this year. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go almost polar opposite of you. I'm going to go Zach Pascal. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I had to just talk about a guy that did absolutely much of nothing. But anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Gardner Johnson, 
He was all over that field. There are some big names on this list, and like Brandon Graham, I he had a breakout season. Was that as a result of everybody else having a breakout season? I kind of think that way. I wouldn't be distraught with the Eagles if they said, you know, thank you for your services. We're we're kind of done here. Just because he's on the, the back nine of his career, for sure. He's been a hell of a player. He, you know, he pretty much was a key contributor of why we won the Super Bowl against the Pats with that strip sack. I don't really think that at his age I would bring him back. Now, Kelsey, I think what Landon Dickerson will fill in his spot, if I'm not mistaken. No, they signed uh, or they drafted Kelsey's replacement a year uh, or I two can't. ago. Um, uh, uh, Nate something. I'm blanking out the name of the center. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure that uh, Joe Castro over at Philly Philly the podcast would <laughs> would absolutely smack us up the backside of the head for not being able to remember this or even our boy Roach. But uh, speaking of Joe, uh, check out Philly Philly the podcast. He's at the scouting combine. He got his his invite check him out on youtube check him out on twitter he's going to be coming actually on our show um once he gets back to uh, talk about his experience at at some point but yeah go check him out he has some really good takes on on these things as well so just wanted to plug him there um but i'm uh jurgens cam jurgens yep yep. i I talk long enough to remember there we go all right take back the smack no smack backs whatever it is so (laughs) i think kelsey man if if you can get him back, I think we need to get him to come back. I mean, he had a lot of fun playing this year. Last year, I know Sirianni sent him two ke- kegs of beer, you know, and as a request and a peace offering to bring him back. Do you think Kelsey runs it back this season? I mean, the offense is probably not going to take too much of a hit. It's going to be the defense, I think, that's going to going to struggle a bit with re-signing all these guys. Does Kelsey come back? Here we go. It's the flip of the coin again because. With having a, a young daughter like he, not that I have one, but That's wants to be there. Wait, what? <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Aaron is Aaron's a good kid. He's a good guy. <laughs> you definitely hit the nail on the head once again when you said, hey, he's having a bunch of fun. He's arguably playing the best that he ever has played or, or close to it. I mean, he, he doesn't really take a step back. He's he's a sure, I mean, you have that Kelsey last name. You're, you're a surefire Hall of Famer, first ballot. I mean, both those guys, Travis and Jason, are just unstoppable at their individual positions. Jason's far less of a nozzle, in my opinion. <laughs> but that being said, uh, he should. I think he should come. I think this should be his. And and we, we've probably said this as Eagles fans for three, four years. But he's kind of kicked the can about retiring for, for probably three or four years, like I said. And I think it's time to, you know, hey, you know, run it back one more time. Why not, man? Like, he's worth the money. He's arguably the best center in football top you know top three easily see i i really wish bradbury and i can't blame him he played great this year absolutely i mean i personally i personally think darius slay uh was outplayed or got outplayed by bradbury 100 you know and not to say big play say isn't a phenomenal corner and that's another reason though why cj gardner johnson is just so key i mean if you look at i don't know this 100 but if you look at the interceptions when Gardner Johnson was on the field, the other guys were getting more picks too because he gave the corners the ability to just to play a little different, more aggressive style of football because he was going to be helping over the top. I mean, just like Levante Maddox, you know, when he went out, like we saw how big of a hit that the Eagles defense took, especially in that Cowboys game, third and 30, which we will never talk about again, T.Y. Hilton. But anyway, bringing Bradbury back would be huge. I don't see it happening. I think they're going to have to go draft somebody or, or find a free agent to fill in there. 
We'll see. I don't think Bradbury's coming back. There are a lot of good corners in this draft. And I could definitely see them just picking up a corner, you know, especially if they have that veteran presence, you know, with Darius Slay, with, you know, hopefully they get Gardner Johnson back. They got Avante Maddox. I think that they can really develop another corner. And, you know, a guy I would love to keep, which I doubt we will, is Javon Hargrave. With him, Fletcher Cox, you know, Jordan Davis, you know, run defense was one of our biggest weaknesses, and, and Hargrave still got to the quarterback. What he like ten and a half sacks or something as a defensive tackle. I mean, you could argue that the best he had the best season since an Aaron Donald season from a defensive tackle position. Um, just the way he was able to just absolutely swallow up the quarterback. But he's gonna he's gonna demand way too much money. I don't I don't see us being able to keep him honestly. Uh, Fletcher Cox is a free agent, like we said. Brandon Graham, Kelsey. Um... There's a lot of these guys that like Miles Sanders been with the team. Marcus Epps, that's a that's a clear. He's out the door. I don't let the door hit you on your way out, bud. But <laughs> there's your guy Rick Rick Lovato. I mean, that's a long snapper. That's that's a key piece, you know. It's, I mean, long long snappers are important. Like, they're underappreciated. They always will. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. As an Eagles fan who saw that magical 2017 season. It's tough for me to let go of guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, personally. I think BG would come back on a small contract just to play with the Eagles. He loves the franchise. You know, I know it's a business, and I know you want to win, and, you know, I want to get another Super Bowl. I know the window could be very small. I still, from a loyalty standpoint, would give Brandon uh, Brandon Graham a bit of money to come back, dude. Based on everything that he's done for this franchise, that strip sack with Tom Brady that immortalizes him, in Philly lore, I, I personally think, you know, they just got to pay him to come back. And, you know, people might hate on me for it. You know, the NFL is very much, sports in general are very much, you know, okay, you're out of your prime, move right along to the next guy. But come on, man. Second Tom Brady stripping that football to get the Eagles that uh, wrapping up that 2017 Super Bowl. You got to bring BG back, bro. That's just my opinion, man. You got to bring him back. I, I get it. And I would bring him back relative to what he's worth. By any means, I don't want them to overpay just to keep a lot, you know, keep a guy that's been loyal to the to the team. I mean, they've they've paid him a good amount of money throughout the years, I know. And I don't know. Coming off that that Matt what was a torn ACL just a year ago, that's a little concerning for where he's at in age too. He plays a position where you're extremely violent on the body and it all it's all gonna come down to the money. Like if he'll sign for what do you think's a fair value for him? I'll ask you that. I'm not sure, brother. Honestly, I don't really <laughs> know what the free agent value is for ends. I don't really follow too much of the value per position. That's something I probably should should brush up a little bit on. I just trust Hallie Roseman to just make sure that he takes care of business to make it work under the cap. The guy's a wizard. So if they can, if they can get it, you know, for a decent contract, bring him back. That's my opinion. I I'm cool with them letting Fletcher Cox go, though. In my opinion, I I think he's way past what he used to be, and we can go get younger talent and like somebody that'll develop into maybe a maybe a prime Fletcher Cox. Don't get me wrong, he was a great player, but I think he's kind of far removed from that at this point. See, I don't like the idea of losing Cox and Hargrave. I would take Hargrave in a heartbeat over yeah. Cox. But if we lose Cox and Hargrave, then you're looking at like Jordan Davis. And then, you know, like, like Nadama can sue is old. They only got him for a year. The, the other guy who used to be a giant Linville Joseph, you know, he was only for like a year. I mean, we 
would basically be redoing the interior of our line. And then that's just not a huge, uh, I'm not a huge fan of that. We'll just put it that way. But yeah, if you had to let one of them go, Cox or Hargrave, let Har- or let Cox go. But if you lose Hargrave, I think you resign Cox. He's a phenomenal locker room presence. He has that veteran pet- pedigree. You know, he's been loyal to Philly. That's my opinion on that. that and I'm allowed to have it. So Boston yeah. Scott is a free agent as well. Just, just throwing that in there. I, I want Boston Scott back. Even if they sign him just to a, a contract to just play against the Giants, you know, two games a year, I'm fine with that. You can overpay him for, for two games. That's not a problem for me, the Giants slayer. But Kenneth Gainwell, is he a number one back? Or after the Eagles presumably don't re-sign Miles Sanders, do we have to go out and find another premier back? I know this draft has a couple good ones in as well. But can Kenny Gainwell be um, a three-down number one back? What do you think? I think he could. If we have two horses behind him, you know, you know what I mean? Losing miles, then you, you know, you bump up Gainwell, you bump up Scott or find somebody. I think you got to find somebody in that, in that two hole. What's his name? Right out of Tampa Bay. Leonard Leonard Fournette. I'd take him in a heartbeat. I would take that. He reminds me of, uh, dang, LeGarrette Blunt. He's he's kind of the same type of runner. I would, if you had Gainwell go out and get LeGarrette Blunt for, he should be, Fairly inexpensive. Fournette, I would, yeah. Fournette. Fournette, yeah. And then uh, and then have Boston Scott, I would have no problem. But you have to have that bruiser type of running back, in my opinion, if you're going to have Gainwell as your feature back. Because, I mean, Miles, it took him a while, I think, to start reading defenses early on. But he turned into a guy that was a very finesse back. And I think Gainwell is kind of – he has that to him. But Gainwell definitely shreds tackles. He's a, he's a little guy. I just think you need that 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 mix of both in there. So I just think we need to upgrade that position either in the draft or in free agency somehow if if we lose Sanders, which will probably happen, like you said. I think we need to get another guy for sure. I think Gamewell has the tools to be a number one feature back. I don't think he's going to be as good as Sanders, at least not off the get-go. But the way he just hits that hole, he has such a burst of speed. But um, Kareem Hunt's a name that's been floated around as well amongst many Eagles fans. I like the idea of getting Kareem Hunt. I think Kareem Hunt with Gainwell and Scott would be a really fearsome trio. I'd, I'd be okay with getting Fournette, um, you know, now that he's no longer with Tampa. Who knows what will happen? You know, like we've said, running back is one of those positions that, you know, high turnover in the NFL is relatively easily replaced. Doesn't mean that the replacement's going to be incredible, but there's just so many guys out there and they have a short generally like a, a span that they're in the NFL and playing well, at least. So we don't want to get ourselves into a situation like Dallas has where you got a guy like Tony Pollard, who, in my opinion, is easily a top 10 back in this league, if not top five. And then, you know, he's stuck behind, you know, Zeke. Now Zeke is a bruiser, but even so, like they're overpaying Zeke because Jerry Jones has a man crush on Zeke for some reason. But I don't want to get into that kind of situation. <laughs> so I like the idea of bringing in like Fournette and like a cheaper deal seeing what Gainwell has as the lead back, you know, developing him, you know, keeping Boston Scott around for his veteran presence. You know, I like that. So go get Fournette, Howie, go, go make that. I would love to see him in, in green. He he's a problem at times. He really is. You know, you mentioned ACL problems with Brandon Graham. I just want to bring up, we're going to hop to basketball ACL, uh, Kevin Durant, who (laughs) made his long awaited return to the NBA, made his debut with the Phoenix Suns. Dropping 23 points, shaking the rust off a little bit. Phoenix gets that win. But that game, when it comes down to it, man, Devin Booker, bro, he dropped like 37 points. I, you know, I think that Booker should be, maybe 
people are, I don't care. Uh, you know, at Brutally Honest Sports Podcast, I don't give a crap what y'all think. Send me the angry DMs at Brutally Honest on Twitter. Um, I think that Devin Booker is the number one scorer in that offense. I think having Kevin Durant gives them, gives Booker a lot more opportunities to score, but I think Booker should be mainly featured. And then, you know, you just have Durant as like that second guy and people are going to hate me for that. I know they just give the bag and, and some for Durant, but I, they got to play complimentary basketball. Can they play complimentary basketball to superstars? I don't doubt Chris Paul can facilitate to both them fellas, but what do you think? Does Phoenix, do they do well with Durant and Booker, or do you think someone's ego is going to get in the way? That's tough. I haven't really heard much about Booker having attitude problems or, or really you know, being a bad teammate, but only the people in the Suns locker room know. KD, I, I think he ultimately doesn't want to be the number one guy a lot of the time. I mean, look, when he couldn't win, he joined Golden State, so he just joined the, the wagon that was already the Warriors. I think you make a good point. Booker is a lot younger. He plays the game a lot faster. He he's just a more aggressive scorer. I'm I'm a big fan. Devin Booker is one of my favorite players in the league. When I do watch, you know, if KD gives you twenty eight five to thirty almost every night, or even you know he he comes up with twenty three in his debut, like they're going to be hard to stop. Aiton's a problem on that team. Uh, he's a matchup problem for a lot of teams. So. You know, can KD stay healthy? Can Chris Paul stay healthy? And can Booker and Aiton stay healthy? It's like, goodness, man. It's like walking on eggshells with all four of those guys. But hopefully they do. And, and I'd like to see them make a, a playoff run. And, and, I mean, Chris Paul, I think Chris Paul is at the point where he might sell his soul to get a ring at this point. He, he's been knocking on the door so many times trying to lick the jar. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Let's move on here. Back to football. Um, Talking about... <laughs> yeah, we brought this Brett Favre, Pat McAfee um, opening to you guys a couple episodes ago. More news, Brett Favre suing Pat McAfee for defamation of character. Pat hopped on his show, and as he often does so well put, uh, you know, the details of this case up. Um, Brett Favre's lawyer told him that he's going to bankrupt um, <laughs> Pat McAfee. <laughs> And Pat was like, you know, hey, I've been broke before type thing. And it's just, it's a joke. It's a joke. I mean, he's going after, Favre's going after Shannon Sharp. He's going after Pat McAfee. He's going after the Attorney General. But these guys just taking the news and reporting the news, and now they're getting sued. I mean, I dislike Brett Favre at the end of his career for the drama that he caused with with the Green Bay Packers. But I absolutely can't stand the guy now. I think he's a... A low life human being, honestly, when it comes down to it, a guy made that much money, Super Bowl champion, like taking the money from the state of Mississippi, the the like it's like eleven million dollars in welfare money to to fund and, and build some sports stadium. And now the fact that he has the guts to then the cojones or whatever to then go and, and sue guys that are just reporting the news, it's it's absolute bullcrap. And I think if the American system, the justice system allows Favre to win this case, then I lose pretty much all hope in them. Uh, but just the way Pat McAfee handled it, go check that out in his show. I, I can't begin to give it justice just the way he laughs this off. Now, he did say he's a little nervous, a little worried, but he's looking forward to how it goes and just seeing how it'll happen. He said he had to hire a lawyer because he wanted to represent himself, which would have been hilarious. But, you know, he had to hire hire a lawyer. And, oh, man, dude, I, I can't, bro. I can't. I just I got to almost end this show. I just can't with all the bullcrap. <laughs> 
did see my thing is I I try and read up on this and like did he ever plead actually guilty though to stealing that money or is it just no it's all allegedly but there's text messages that prove prove it you know he asked like you know is this gonna come can they find out that this happened all kinds <laughs> of stuff it's all allegedly so right right but, but just the fact again these guys are reporting the news they're they're coming out and they're speaking on what they've heard and that's their job you know what i mean like we don't sue cnn for defamation of character anytime that they they come out and say things negative about somebody you know mm-hmm. like they don't sue fox news for for every time they come out like it's just a bunch of malarkey a load of malarkey it's hard to com- draw a comparison between these two but but try and follow me here it's almost like Tiger Woods was so loved at one point where he was like invincible. And I'm not saying Brett Favre wasn't. You could make the case that Brett Favre was loved by America at one point. Like when he was on the Packers, he lost his father. He comes out and just murders the Raiders on that one that one night. I think it was a Sunday night game. And like everybody was just like, man, you, you might not be a, Bre- uh, a Packers fan, but you were a Brett Favre fan. I think a lot of, of America was. And like similar to Tiger Woods, like I know they're totally two different situations, but like a, once again, it's it's back to what I said about Wentz. It's that fall from grace. Like it's just like man, what a tumble this guy's had in the last couple of years. And and I pulled up those texts now that you you were speaking of, and it doesn't it doesn't exactly look good for Mister uh, Mister Favor as as the Falcons said when they drafted him back in the day. Or, <laughs> If you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where this came from and how much? And then he says, "Awesome, I needed to hear that for sure." When when uh, Nancy Nancy knew was was going back and forth with him, not looking good for Mister Favre though. And then I mean, <laughs> the obviously the media is going to report on it. McAfee's a pretty much an NFL only show, so they can only cover so many topics, and he's going to talk on Favre. And and when things don't look good, he's going to say it how it is. I think Brett Favre has dug his own grave at this point. It's unfortunate. I really did like the guy, but it just looks worse and worse for him. I, we'll see what happens, but it's it's not looking good. I wouldn't want to be in his shoes right now. Yeah, we'll definitely keep you guys update, updated on that as the case progresses, but just just thought that was funny. Like I said, go check out the Pat McAfee show if, if you guys want to hear his his take on it. it. I can't even begin to do it justice, but going to wrap it up here with one more thing. The 2021 Tampa Bay Buccaneers Tom Brady jersey that he wore in that Super Bowl had held the NFL record for the, the greatest price that a jersey went at auction. It was at $4,080 for, I'm sorry, $480,000, which is an absurd amount of money. But I'm sure this makes you happy. Tom Brady no longer holds a record. He's actually down to third in this category. Two Joe Montana jerseys were sold um, that went above that. The top one going for $1.212 million to an anonymous buyer. But it was the jersey that Montana wore in two Super Bowls. His lucky jersey essentially is what it was. He wore it during the Niners' 38-16 victory over the Dolphins. And then four years later, just hours before the Niners were set to play the Bengals, his wife pulled the jersey from a scrapbook and packed it in his stadium bag and, and said, quote, maybe you want to wear it again. And he did and was able to... Uh, engineer that 92 yard the drive um, 92 yards down the field to score a game winning touchdown to put him up 20 to 16 over the Bengals so that blew out Brady's record and then another jersey sold for $720,000 was the jersey that Montana wore during the Super Bowl where they walloped the Broncos 55 to 10 
Tom Brady, no longer number one. What do you think? He probably unretires to try to win another Super Bowl to break that record, right? <laughs> uh, wouldn't surprise me. The guy doesn't take the losing very well. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's it's an absurd amount of money for these jerseys, like you said. I mean, that's just that's mind blowing that they're worth that much. But hey, he's he's been unseat. The goat is quote unquote goat has been unseated by another quote unquote goat. So that that's a, I like that story. Crazy money, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great way to wrap up this show here. It's been a little bit a little slippery with the popcorn going all back and forth. Mainly the NFL. We threw in a couple tidbits from the MLB and the NBA, which we'll continue to cover as the uh, Major League Baseball as their preseason. I know that's a joke as the preseason ends here, spring training, and then uh, as the NBA continues to get closer and closer to the finals. We'll also bring you some March Madness stuff. As it is the beginning of March, so that, that tournament's starting up relatively soon, so that'll be fun, but who are we shouting out today, Aaron? Got a shout out our guys, Brent and Dave at 1420. As always, check out their show. Check out uh, Fan in the Van, Jim at Fan in the Van. Uh, and <laughs> level the playing field, all three of those those shows. If you if you take a listen to ours, you should definitely at least tune in. Give those guys a shot. They're, they're well-deserved. Yeah, check out the fellows at We Like Sports Podcast. That's Sports with the Z. They write articles on all different types of sports. They also have an interesting podcast. Um, well done by those fellows over there. And check out Garrett and Jalen at Two Dudes with Sports News. They have a great show going on. Uh, it'd be great to get a collaboration going with them. So we'll be communicating on Twitter uh, with those guys. They had a really great show. Also, check us out on Twitter at Brutally Honest, except without the T, Brutally Honest, because Twitter won't give us the T. If you can just rate this show, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you're listening to, if you could rate the show, share it with your friends, your family, we would grac- uh, graciously appreciate it. We gratefully and graciously appreciate it. I'm stumbling over my words as Daniel Jones stumbles over his feet. That's another topic that we will get into at some point as uh, free agency as they're trying to get that deal done with Jones and the Giants. That's, that's a whole other story, but we will uh, catch you guys next show. Peace.